by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the district of champions it's the dc crossover podcast with your hosts mike cerrone and ben simpson hello and welcome to episode number 81 of the dc crossover that is mike cerrone i am ben simpson Glad to have you with us on a Victory Monday Victory Monday. Evening. They found a way. A uh, lot to talk about on this one, but uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover. If it's up at this point, I know everything's down left and right. Facebook, Instagram, everything's falling yeah, what's apart up with that? on social media today. Yeah, I think there was like a hacker situation or something. Somebody's down. Everything's down, really. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I think they're all having trouble, so... Uh, well, when Twitter is working, follow the show at the DC Crossover, and that's around 16 for Mike's account. Uh, follow the show on the Contender app as well. It's Contender with a K. You can stream this show live uh, throughout the week. And when we do our post-game shows, which I believe there might be another post-game show this Sunday. I think we might be hopping on there live. Best way to check on that is just to follow the show account uh, uh, at the DC Crossover, and, and we'll let you know. When we're hopping on live for post games and a lot to talk about on this one. I mean, uh, obviously a wild win uh, for the Washington football team. We're going to spend a lot of time covering that. That's going to be the bulk of this show. Just want to some show notes. Wanted to let you guys know we are going to do a Washington Nationals season review. And that's going to happen next episode. We're going to let this season have a little bit of time to breathe. We want to definitely focus on this crazy win that the Washington football team had. Uh, but we will give the Nats their time and their due. Uh, and that will be next episode. We'll spend some time doing uh, just a season review, kind of a look back, maybe some grades. Uh, wonder why Eric Fetty's uh, still on the team. And <laughs> say, if Eric Fetty's still on the team next year, probably going to you know, uh, just stop being a fan, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it was funny, Mike, because on as as everybody knows, the, the Major League Baseball, the end of the regular season happened this weekend, and everything was kind of coming down in the AL wild card to a couple key games. And it was funny because the Washington Nationals were one of those key games. Right, right, right. And they were on – so I watch on MLB TV, they have like a Red Zone-esque type channel called MLB Big Inning. And what they do is they kind of jump around to different games and things like that. And so on the last day of the season, they were jumping around between – the Rays and Yankees game, the Nats and Red Sox game, the Blue Jays game, and the Mariners game. And the Nats game was the one that they focused on the most at the end there because they were the only ones still playing at the time. And the Nats handed Boston basically a trip to the wild card right. because Eric Fetty comes in, gives up. The Nats blew a 5-1 to one lead in this one. It wasn't all on Fetty, but it was like, 
All right, now everybody can see just how bad this bullpen in this team has been this yep. year, and the Nats uh, let let Boston cakewalk into the playoffs. It was pretty funny just to see them on the national stage like that. Yeah, obviously I was watching more so of the football mainly because right. of the sole fact that I had a lot of money uh, lost this sure. week. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of money that you lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of money lost this weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when I saw them up five one, I was like, oh, nice. You know, we were actually gonna maybe spoil the Red Sox chances because obviously it would be fun. I mean when you see Boston and New York um you know spending money left and right it's always nice to ruin their spotlight because you know they always have a spot in the playoffs because they spend so much damn money. So it would have been nice to actually, you know, spoil something. Uh but of course, right. yeah, you know, 5 to 1 headed into the 6th inning and uh we just let Rafael Devers just crush home runs uh the entire game. So uh Oh, he yeah. owned the Nats this weekend. I mean, he was having a great series. Right. And- yeah, I mean, I'm so sick and tired of the Yankees-Red Sox. Here we go again. I mean, this was a chance for baseball to put two franchises on a big stage in, in the Blue Jays and the Mariners, who have not really been on the big stage in a while. I think Mariners haven't been in the playoffs, I think they said, in like 16 years or something. I mean, it's been a long drought. They had a chance to try to get in. And look, you got to control your own destiny. So right. if you're the Mariners or if you're the Blue Jays, you got to just win during the regular season and get to that point. But still, the Yankees and Red Sox, I mean... Mike, I, I don't, I don't root for either of those teams. I hate them both. There's nobody because the the Red Sox basically became the Yankees when they started spending all that money and just being annoying, and their fan base is annoying. So right. Yankees, Red Sox, it's like I don't care about either one of those teams. I would have loved a Blue Jays Mariners uh, wild card. Yeah, you know, you're looking at some of the teams out there that haven't really got a lot of spotlight in years past. I mean. If you're looking at uh, the Padres, obviously are now coming into their own, which is which is nice to see because they haven't been uh, relevant in years. Uh, but then you're looking at other teams that you know we want to see, like you said, the Blue Jays who had that little spurt with Jose Batista and stuff like that. But th- there's just other teams out there that you want, like you said, to get that national spotlight, like the Mariners. I don't know if they've really been relevant, relevant since like Ken Griffey was on the team and Ichi- Ichiro. Ichiro. Ichiro, yeah, yeah, Ichiro, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Edgar Martinez, those kind of teams back then. Uh, but you're just looking at some of the other teams around the league that you want to see have that type of spotlight. I mean, your Detroit Tigers had a little bit of a run there for a little while, uh, you know, and then you have the Minnesota Twins and the Kansas City Royals who had a tiny little spotlight run. Like these teams that no one really thinks about, you want them to have some type of spotlight because it brings more eyes to baseball. And that's one of the things. I mean, look at the Chicago White Sox. Everyone thinks of, oh, the Chicago Cubbies, you know, like all these type of teams <laughs> out there, you know, that they had that huge drought. And then all of a sudden they had all these great players coming in there, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and so on and so forth but now the White Sox are the best team in Chicago and no one thought about the White Sox I mean the last time they were relevant was like Frank Thomas Paul Konerko those kind of guys and yeah the the 2007 or 9 World Series they won one of them in that time frame somewhere in there and yeah that was the last time they were so when you're they're very good they're very good and they're fun to watch and that's the biggest thing is when you see some of these teams that haven't got run in a decade it, it, it is you know overshadowed by the Red Sox and the Yankees who just spend money left and right that's that's their that's their go-to that's what they're gonna do but when you think about teams like I said like the White Sox who haven't been relevant that long they, they they built from within they got a lot of trades like they had a meet and trade with Lucas Giolito and so on and so forth uh, you know it, it's it would have been nice to see the Seattle Mariners in there not now are they going to win a World Series 
Probably not. Yeah, but it probably. still would have been pretty nice to see, you know, Just Seattle. change of pace, man. Just yeah. change of pace. We're tired of the Yankees Red Sox. They're on Sunday Night Baseball like every weekend during the season. <laughs> One of them is, right. at least. And, and now the Dodgers, of course, are in the playoffs, and they're a good team. They might win it all. I mean, I'll be happy if the Giants win just because nobody really gave them a chance. I'd be happy if the White Sox win it all. Don't really want the Cardinals to win. I don't love them. Uh, but yeah, MLB playoffs start this week. As of this recording, the wild card games start tomorrow on Tuesday, and I believe the divisional games start Thursday. So uh, it's 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 here. It's weird because the Nats aren't in it, and right. two years ago we got to experience the whole run, magical run, and and all that stuff, and and we have really fond memories of that. But I'll still be tuning in. Maybe not every game of the playoffs, but I'll be tuning into some, and definitely when the World Series comes around, we'll tr- uh, definitely be talking <laughs> a little bit about I that. I mean, the biggest thing that I have to go on with uh, a team that I, I'm actually going to root for a little bit is the Atlanta Braves. Now, I don't like the Braves within the, the division, but you got to love Freddie Freeman. I mean, that guy is just right. a, he's a class sure. act. He's a great ball player, great first baseman. And, yeah, I don't like some of the players in the Atlanta Braves, so on and so forth. But when you come down to a guy like Freddie Freeman, now, am I going to root for other teams? Probably. I like to see the White Sox get there or uh, another team, like we said, like the Giants, something like that. And it's also nicer to see some of the cool ballparks, kind of like McCovey Cove, baby, like it used, used to oh, say yeah. back in the day, uh, and, and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, Atlanta has a brand new stadium. It'd be cool to see the Padres in there and so on and so forth. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, I hate the Braves. Now, if it's the Phillies, the Mets, you know, I don't. No one cares about the Marlins, but the Mets and the Phillies, I will never root for them. It's kind of like rooting for the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants, but when you look at the Braves, I don't really have any vitriol towards them. When you're talking about the NL East, they're in the South. Like, let's be honest here. That's like rooting for the Cowboys, but the Cowboys in the, <laughs> uh, has been, have been in the NFC East for so so long, so it's different. But it's just, it's just you know, it's nice to see a guy like Freddie Freeman kind of get a nice opportunity to go out there and, and do something for his club without Ronald Acuna, obviously. So before we move into the rewind, I just wanted to ask real quick how, how school has been going. Uh, I know it's always an adventure with the children of today, um, but everything, everything good in the gymnasium? So uh, real quick, before you actually uh, get, got me to that, when you said that there was an outage with Instagram and Facebook, now Facebook is allowed by Fairfax County Public Schools. You can use Facebook in there. Not that I use it that much anyways, uh, but sure. I'm more of an Instagram guy. But Instagram is uh, is blocked, so I can't even check Instagram during the day because on their Wi-Fi, I can't check it. So when you said there was an outage and I came back, I, I restarted my phone twice because I thought something was wrong with my <laughs> wow. phone. I was like – because, I, I mean, I, I missed like eight hours right. of the day. Like right, something's right, right. on there. Um, you know, but uh, that was kind of crazy. But going back to, I, I told you I would save this uh, off air. So can you guess something that's happened now six times so far in about six weeks that has happened now, mind you, last year I was only in school for what, two and a half months or so. Um, right. And then, so you can basically say last year um, and uh, two years ago, it, it, equa- it equates to a full year. Okay. Right. We've only been in school for like six so or so weeks, something like that. And this has happened over the double the amount already in six weeks. Oh, no. So t- tell, me, tell me what you think that might be. I don't know. Is it, is it a kid breaking an arm or something in no, your class? No, no, no. It's a lot messier than that. Oh, a little, little bit of a spew? A little bit of, <laughs> uh, a little bit of tummy troubles? A little, uh, no, just a, a little bit of a spraying and praying. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's, it's happened now. Uh, six times between both my schools, and it's not all the same kid, obviously. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, no, and obviously, you know, it's it's kind of funny because 
Um, you know, you can't. What are you making these kids do, Mike? Are they all? I was explaining spinning in circles. No, today I was explaining something, and this kid raises his hand. And he's like, "I gotta go," to, and he just stops. Oh no! And I was like, uh, "What?" And I said, "You gotta go to the bathroom." He like shook his head, yes, and he just starts starts going to the bathroom. Uh, not literally. Um, right. Because he already did, obviously, um, and, then, and then he goes to the bathroom, and I see the kid that's in front of him just staring, and I was like, I'm far, a little far oh, away. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So we're not talking from the the mouth area. No, we're no, no. That happened down below. Th- yeah, down below. Below deck. Yeah, below deck. Yeah, below deck. Mediterranean. Oh god. Um, okay. And uh, no, through the mouth. Oh, what? The, the mouth. How w- old are these kids? The mouth. Ma- first of all, the mouth was twice this year, but okay. uh, from from uh, the different areas, that's happened. Right, right, right. That's happened six times. And oh my god! It, it's well, it's it's weird because the sole fact is COVID. At least one of my schools, uh, they were not allowing us to use the bathroom in the gym, so they had to like send them down the hall or something like. It was so oh, weird. Cause, like it wasn't on the cool. it wasn't on the cleaning schedule or something. It was just weird. So obviously with all the rules, but it, it's just weird because like I don't know what what it is if it's with COVID or something. But the, the, these kids, like I, there's late notice. Like they're just raising their hands. Like can I go to the bathroom? And I'm like, yeah, and then it's, it's they've already gone. <laughs> it's, it's, right. It's a retroactive question. Yeah, the, the other day. First of all, it's happened three times in the last five days. Okay? Jeez. The other day, last week. You got to stop t- giving them water breaks. I, I, I don't know. We're, we can't even use the fountain because <laughs> we're not allowed to. <laughs> so it was bad, though, because it's, uh, the other day, uh, me and my co-teacher, uh, we were sitting there teaching, and all of a sudden, like, you know, literally maybe half an hour later, we noticed something, and we're like, this thing is on the floor. Like, wh- like, what is this? And I was like, well, no one was oh, over there. No. So, uh, th- this, this poor girl literally went to the bathroom, and when we asked her later, why didn't you tell anybody? She said, well, you were explaining something, so I didn't want to interrupt you. Sure, and that's I, very kind. She was her. very, very, very yeah. kind to to right, do right. that. But we, sure, we, sure, we looked at her. and we were like, you appreciate the kindness of it. <laughs> I yeah, we appreciate the kindness, but we had to cone off You're the like, area. Hey, by the way, if that ever happens again, definitely interrupt us. <laughs> like, we have no problem with being interrupted for that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just I, I don't know what's going on. I, I think it has to do something with COVID or something, where kids were at home and they were like the bathrooms right there, so they can just do whatever they want. I guess. But I don't. That, I don't that's know. True. That's a good theory. I don't know what it is. I don't know either that or like I don't know who's raising these kids. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's happened six times, and literally my uh, my first two years of teaching. Cause I'm in my third year. My first two years of teaching. If you include last year and the year before, uh, that pretty much, like I said, equates to a year. It's happened maybe two or three times total. And, and, and it sounds six times in six weeks. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like something that would happen that often, but I guess I guess so. Like, I don't remember it happening when I was in school, really, with anybody. Maybe, like, once. There was, like, one kid that did it once or whatever, and now that's forever uh, imprinted in, 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 in all of our brains. But I, I still remember his name. I'm not going to say it. Oh, yeah, me either. Um, but yeah, that's wild. That is that is wild, and that's that's get the mops out. I guess Dude, I, don't I don't know, know what make sure it is. The mops handy. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I mean, hey, I will say the response time by the custodians was immaculate, though. Uh, oh wow, know, they were they were down there once. I my co teacher NASCAR pit crew right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were changing those tires real quick. But uh, right, right, it was it, it was definitely uh, definitely. Uh, I will say one thing that a kid said that was funny. Uh, it was he was one of the first ones that that it happened to this year. Uh, they asked like you know what happened because he kept denying it. But I'm like, sure. there's a spot. Kids Maybe, are weird. Yeah. They like, they do stuff. like He kept that. denying it. He was in first grade, and he keeps denying it. And all of a sudden, when he gets back to his class because my co-teacher ended up taking him to his class because you know he, we needed somebody to do it. And he goes back and says, 
Well, honestly, I think I was just having too much fun. I was like, all right, you know. That's I, a great review. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, it was great. Man, get that on Google. Get that Google review. <laughs> well, we'll transition from from that subject matter to the rewind. We'll just quickly oh. recap uh, what has happened in this past week in D.C. sports. By the way, NHL season is right around the corner, so we will be starting to talk some hockey on this show. But not yet. We're not going to recap preseason games. I don't care. Uh, the Washington Nationals, though, did finish up their season this week, and their final record is 65-97, and 97, last place in the NL East. Uh, did not expect this team to finish below the Marlins, that's for sure. We will talk about them more next week, but we'll let you know how those games went. They went 1-2 and two against Colorado, won that first game, which is kind of what they did in the last couple series leading into the end of the year. They'd win the first game and then lose the next two. Uh, Josiah Gray, solid outing, five and a third, three earned runs, 4K. Second game, Patrick Corbin loses that game, but not really entirely his fault. Team 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Corbin also had 9K, so still, though, overall pretty bad season from Corbin, but we'll get into that next week. Third game, 10-5 loss. Really <laughs> nothing to talk about here. Bunch of pitchers. They basically unloaded the entire bullpen on this one. <laughs> and then the final series against Boston. This was the Red Sox chance to get back in the playoff uh, wild card contention, and they sure did. 4-2 uh, loss in game one. Soto, four walks. Second game, 5-3 loss. This was a pretty close one until Rainey gives up a big inning. Uh, and then the last game, of course, the other day, up 5-1 heading into the sixth. Rafael Devers crushes a 447-foot homer. This was out in that little grass area beyond the fence. I was watching this game live, so I saw it and. I didn't know pe people were, like, jumping into that area to go get the ball. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and the Sox are sent to the wild card game. And the other, of course, the imp more important game that happened this weekend, the Washington football team playing Atlanta, Mike. The Washington football team now 2-2, two and two, second in the NFC East, one game behind the Dallas Cowboys. They beat Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, 34-30 to 30, late in the fourth quarter, very, very late in that fourth quarter, about 33 seconds left or so. Uh, J.D. McKissick ended up going in for a long score. Taylor Heineke, great game from him for the most part. He did get lucky in some of those we will get to here soon. 23 of 33 for 290 and three tids. Five carries of 43 yards, which was really nice to see as well, using his legs. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown, two receptions for 12 yards. So not a huge game from him, but he did make somewhat of an impact with a total of 75 yards. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, six receptions for 123 yards and two touchdowns. He was e immediately known as the player to watch in that game once Logan yeah. Thomas went down. Uh, but now, now I mean, you saw Scary Terry go out there and just be a beast for this team to make them win. J.D. McKissick, as I just mentioned, five receptions for 44 yards and the game-winning touchdown. And then we also saw Curtis Samuel, who actually was on the field surprisingly. Now, I didn't hear anything about this, but Curtis Samuel, four catches for 19 yards, including two uh, drive extenders for those four yeah, catches. crucial, crucial, crucial plays. Curtis Samuel would finally... Finally got to see the guy uh, play for this team this year, and like you said, made an impact. And let's uh, let's talk about this game as a whole here. The Washington Football Team. All right, I rewatched this one this morning. I like using that NFL game rewind, and you can go back and watch the condensed version of the game in, in like forty-five minutes or something, and they just show you like every single play. Right. Because um, I wanted a little refresher, because this one was just such a wild game. Uh, that I wanted to go back and just 
really remember this one because there's just so much that happened. I, we got a lot of notes to get to, but let's start with Heineke. Let's start with uh, Heineke and his performance here. Um, this was a signature Taylor Heineke game, Mike, where the guy just pulls these insane plays out of nowhere. Uh, I think the... I think the headline on ESPN was like Heineke Houdini or something like that. I mean, the guy <laughs> makes some incredible plays. I mean, the 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 touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin in the second quarter was a kind of a broken play. It, it uh, just lays a beautiful dime to to Terry. You had the insane touchdown to Terry in the fourth quarter where you had the double coverage. And both guys just kind of stopped and let Terry McLaurin push off and go get the ball. That was a weird play. Right. Um, you had, of course, the J.D. McKissick play, the third and seven with 33 seconds left, which was another kind of broken play. He was like the fifth option on that play, I think I read. Um, and, you know, you've got him doing it on the ground and things like that. But then, Mike, you also have the plays that make you go, ah, this is why this guy hasn't been an NFL quarterback. The... Uh, Almost a really bad pick in the third. Um, almost a pick in the fourth, trying to find Terry McLaurin where there was double coverage. Um, the two point conversion attempts were pretty bad, where they got two sh- chances at the two point conversions because of penalties, <laughs> and th- he overthrew guys by like two floors. Um, <laughs> you know, there there's still some bad, but credit when credit is due. Taylor Heineke played his butt off today, Mike, or not today, the other day. I mean, uh, the good outweighed the bad the other day. Mainly when you're looking at Taylor Heineke, I mean, the biggest thing is he is a stopgap guy. Now, we know and we talked about it last week that he is not the guy. Now, he is quote-unquote the guy. We'll stick with that. We'll stick with that. Yes. He is quote-unquote the guy for this year because of Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury. But there's a reason, like you mentioned, why he's not starting for another team. And there's a reason why he was not, you know, the winning quarterback in preseason over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, yes, does he make these miraculous plays? And, you know, does he, like, somehow oh, yeah. escape sometimes? Like, now, we're not going to see, oh, fantastic moments from him every single week. I mean, we saw it uh, two weeks ago against the Bills where – or I should say a week ago – against the Bills where he just was – not good. I mean, to be nice, <laughs> right, he was right. not good. Okay, and then this week he plays a more subpar defense in the Atlanta Dirty Birds, and basically you're seeing them go out there and let him kind of do these miraculous plays, which that shouldn't happen. I mean, Atlanta, they have some good offensive pieces. Now, obviously they lost Julio Jones, but they got Calvin Ridley. I still think Matty Ice, Matt Ryan is a good slash above Average quarterback. I think he's a top 15 quarterback still. But that's the biggest thing is you look at Taylor Heineke's stats, and they're kind of misleading. Because like I said, against a good defense like the Buffalo Bills, he gets shellacked. But then all of a yeah. sudden you see against on a, on a below average defense like the Atlanta Falcons, he, he does some miraculous things. And that's the biggest thing for Taylor Heineke is I think he is not really playing down to his competition or anything like that because he did play well against a bad defense, which that's what you should be doing. But against an, an above-average defense, you see his weaknesses a lot more. His weakness, Oh, yeah, he gets exposed. His weaknesses sure. are magnifying glass, literally, by the Buffalo yeah. Bills. And Sean McDermott up there in Buffalo literally said, all right, we're going to tee off on this guy. 
We're going to let right. everyone just go flying around the ball, and that's why you saw Atlanta, who doesn't have, who don't have the uh, the weapons like a Tremaine Edmonds and so on and so forth up there in Buffalo. Uh, you know, they don't have those type of weapons. I mean, Dante Fowler is one of their best pass rushers, and he's you know just okay for the most part. Um, and Eric but, Harris is basically all they have in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, he, exactly. He and he should honestly, not going to lie, he should have had two picks. So, oh, I was just about. I was literally just about <laughs> to say that. If if Heineke had made the the passes that he made in this game against Buffalo, he would have had maybe four interceptions. Yeah, right, right. I right, mean, right. there were multiple times where guys were set up clearly to get an interception. I mean, we're talking about throwing in double coverage, and guys should have had picks, and they didn't. And look, we'll take it. Obviously, we're you know he's a gunslinger, but Mike, I mean, there were some dangerous plays. Like I said, the five minutes left in the game. He tries to find Terry towards the end zone. I believe there was double coverage on that one, and the ball was tipped up in the air or yeah, something down the like that. I mean, like, right. it was, it was, it should have been intercepted. Right. And that happened a couple times in this game where those should have been picks. Now, they weren't, and we're not going to like fault the guy for something that didn't happen. Right. But against a better defense, this game might have gone a little differently. Now, you're also making a great point when you say that Terry McLaurin was going down the sideline right there. And uh, Taylor Heineke targeted him 13 times. So you yeah. knew that they were going to try to double-team Terry McLaurin no matter what. Now, obviously, Scary Terry did a few really nice routes so he could break that double coverage. But you're looking at 13. I mean, he literally had more targets than J.D. McKissick, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Antonio Gibson combined. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, all and those guys were getting targets left and right. I mean, Curtis Samuel and Ricky Seals-Jones had four each. J.D. McKissick had five. No one was within eight targets of Terry no. McLaurin. That, I mean, it's not – you know, Terry McLaurin, great receiver. I still think he's probably a top 10 to 15 wide receiver. I wouldn't say he's up there like an A.J. Brown or a Julio Jones right. or whoever. Right. But – when you have a Julio Jones and you have uh, some of these other guys in the league, uh, like Deontay Johnson, who I think is a stud for, for that Pittsburgh, but when you have guys like that that are going out there and getting so many targets, it's because they're stars. Terry McLaurin, I think, is a very, very great player, but I don't think he's a star because of the sole fact of his size. Like Most of these star wide receivers have you know, are 6'1", 6'2", or whatever it is, and they go out there and they just, they just ball. Now, I'm not going to say Terry McLaurin isn't a stud because of the sole fact that he he's I mean he goes out there against Atlanta defense that's not that good but was double covering him the entire time, 13 targets, and half of them, like you mentioned, he was sitting there waving his arm saying, hey, dude, yeah. throw me the ball. Right. And then all right. of a sudden he would like double pump or something, and all I of mean, a sudden the one it would in the be... end zone where he had to come back to get the ball. Right. I mean, that's, again, another one that should have been a pick. Yeah. I mean, he had two guys standing right there for Atlanta. For some reason, they did not move. Uh, yeah, it's it's you're right. He's he is in the very good category. Yes, he is a very good player. Um, he's, he's a, a star on the, he's a star on this team. Right, he's, he is the the number one receiver on the depth chart. Um, and I'm interested to see how defenses play him throughout the rest of the season because clearly Heineke is going to go to him as many times as he can because he's the best receiver. And there were some tight windows that Heineke was able to hit him in, and, and Terry made the plays. The question is going to be now with Curtis Samuel back on this team and and had a pretty good day, four catches, 19 yards, um, how is he going to factor in here and possibly get some more targets? And that way defenses have to pay attention to Curtis Samuel now too because before Curtis Samuel was here, I mean, there's it was Logan Thomas – and 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 Terry McLaurin, like on this offense, like nobody's paying. I mean, obviously Antonio Gibson's there, but he you know, being the running back. But 
nobody, no other wide receivers or anything like that are really getting any looks. Like Deami Brown, was he targeted at all in this game? Maybe twice. there was one, twice. Twice. So you know, there's really not. That's any how forgetful other it was. Is he, he was yeah. that twice? I mean, how no. disappointing has that guy been so far? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but yeah, now you got Curtis Samuel in the mix, which is good uh, because he hopefully will make defenses not just double team Terry all game long. Because if that's if I was the defense, that's what I would do. Because it's like, oh yeah, I, make it th- somebody else beat you. If right. you're if you're playing the Washington football team, because Terry's going to make big plays, you know? and, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, not to interrupt you, but that's the biggest thing you're looking at with Terry McLaurin is because he, you know, he beat some of those double coverages. That's why Taylor Heineke isn't like I, I don't know. I don't see. I don't. I don't want to be mean to him or anything or rude to him because he did, he's not sure. like he's not like an Eric Fetty where we can be mean to him all the time because he no, lets in he's seven a runs. good. He's a good player. He is not an NFL starting. I would say he's an ab- I would say he's an above average, like a top half right. backup in the league. Now, because sure, you're gonna he's, he's gonna come in and he's gonna give you some miraculous moments like that. But when you look at it, I mean, there was times, and I, honestly, not to not to, I mean, be uh, rude or anything, but the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez was on the call, and he actually was interesting when he was talking about a lot of stuff. Now, I'm not exactly sure if that's because he was on Washington for a little bit, but he was actually doing. A really nice job. Like now, he's not like Tony yeah, Romo or bad. or Peyton or anything. But he was sitting there talking and and saying like, "Oh yeah, he he did like three pumps here. He was looking at this. He was looking at that. He was actually doing pretty well." So I actually was interested in what Mark Sanchez had to say um, for 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 once. But you're looking at it and saying right. Terry McLaurin was open a bunch of times. And I saw I think Grant Paulson might have tweeted this out that he had six catches for 123 yards. And those were the only – basically, those were the passes that he had a chance to catch because you see 13 targets, but obviously Taylor Heineke, in some of those instances, like I said with Mark Sanchez, he said, oh, yeah, he, sh- he needs to let that go a second and a half uh, earlier because, like we said, um, with uh, – what was his face? Uh, Nick Harris or what was his name uh, on the defense? Is that his, was that his name? Did I mess it up? What, what, was, the, what was the guy who said? Eric Harris. Eric Harris, yeah. Uh, he had like you know three or four attempted picks that were almost yeah. there. And that's the problem is that – he held it way too long. That's why you see a lot of these great quarterbacks out there that are literally throwing the ball before the guy even cuts. And they have oh, yeah. they have a perfect velocity on the ball. know where bo- he's going. Yeah. yeah. They have a perfect velocity on the ball where it's going to be there. And it feels like Taylor Heineke is waiting for guys to get to the spot so he can just zing it in there. But it's like, that ain't going to happen. Right. You don't have the arm strength for that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's making... And he's not doing this like intentionally, but he's making plays harder than they necessarily should right. be. Like I, I think you're right where the windows are tighter and the coverage is tighter than maybe it would be if he had his timing down a little bit more. And, hey, this is a great game for him to get some confidence going. Uh, obviously, getting a win is getting a win on the road, too. I mean, I know Atlanta is not who they used to be, but it's still a road win. Um, and you'll take it, especially with the type of day Cordero Patterson was having yeah. uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. A couple other notes. I mean, Hopkins. Two missed extra points. Uh, I mean, this game could have been uh, even closer uh, initially before before Washington football team was able to actually just take the lead entirely. But this could have been a closer game if Justin Hopkins is not missing extra points, Mike. You just that's something you just can't have happen. Oh, missed field goal every now and then. Okay, that's part of the job. It stinks, but it happens. But extra points should be automatic. Yeah, and that's the thing about extra points is. That's one of the reasons why they moved the extra point back because it was like a ninety-eight point nine percent, you know, right, not right. completion, but like successful rate. And that's why they were like, yeah, all right, yeah, we're gonna yeah. move it back for you know a thirty-three yard field goal. Which, like you said, 
those should be automatic. I mean, you, automatic. when I mean, when are you going to miss those type of kicks? Now, I understand if it's a bad hold or the laces are out or something like that, but half the time you can just kick the hell out of that ball and it's going to go through the uprights in two seconds. It's not even going to take two seconds to get there for the most part because it's so right. short. But that's the problem. He missed two extra points, and, and, and we literally were down 28 to 30. And yeah. we had to go yeah. for two on that touchdown. So when you thought about it, if he would have not missed those two extra points, we would have been tied 30 to 30 and we'd have kicked mm-hmm. an extra point. We'd have been up by one. So right. we, it would have been a, t- a totally different story. But <laughs> right, you, right. you look at it, it's like two extra points. Like I texted our group thread and I was just like, dude, what is wrong with this guy? Like, I mean, yeah. he, he, I guarantee I, he is going to lose this team a game this year, like single handedly. He is going to, there is going to be an easy field goal that he misses or an extra point that he misses. He is going to cost this team a win because of a miss this year. I'm guaranteeing. And, and I'm not trying to be an ass to the guy, but at the same time, it's like, dude, these are extra points, man. It's not like you're yeah. kicking a, a Justin Tucker 68 yard field goal. Yeah, yeah, see, free yeah. throws in basketball. I mean, yeah. you got, you got to be able to kick those. There's just there should be layups. They're so easy for these guys. And look, it's easy for you and me to say this because I I I'm, I sure as hell probably couldn't kick extra points. But you know, I, this is what these guys do day in and day out. This is their e- quote unquote easy kicks are the extra points. Right. I mean, those are supposed to be just no brainers. And so it was tough to see that. Um, on a positive note, uh, getting away from Hopkins, DeAndre Carter. Who you and I we saw him obviously have some explosive plays back in like week one, yep. and the guy has continued to just ball out on special teams. And this time he finally got the breakaway for a touchdown, the 101 yard kickoff return. Uh, we kind of waiting. He's seeming like one of those guys. It's like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He's gonna find a way just because he's been so dynamic on special teams. He even got a catch in, uh, yeah. on, on uh, as wide receiver in one play too. So DeAndre <laughs> Carter, shout out to him, man. I mean, the guy that was cr- that was huge. I mean, getting that kickoff return for a touchdown, unbelievable. And and those are just so rare these days. I feel like guys actually returning uh, for a TD and. But we've been you kind of been seeing the signs that this guy is right. this guy is really good and talented and he's gonna make a play like this. So that was fun to see. And that's why a lot of these teams now have those special teams specialists, not to say special a, mil- a million times, but that's why they have those types of Sabana, Je- Seb- Sebastian Janikowski type type kickers out there that are gonna kick it to the end zone every single time. And, you know, oh, yeah. because 101 yards, now these guys are so used to touchbacks that some of them aren't ready to tackle on special teams because right. they're always just jogging down the field. Uh, and DeAndre Carter, you know, like you said, we said it week one that this guy is something special because he's he's smaller, he's elusive, and he's got that quick burst. And that's why I think the more important thing, yes, he scored a touchdown on that, but the more important play that he had in that game was, you mentioned it, the catch for 24 yeah. yards, and that extended the drive. And everyone was like, who the hell is this guy? Who's catching the <laughs> ball right now? Because no one's seen him. You know, you only see him three or four times a game on special teams. So you're thinking yeah. about it and saying, who is this guy catching the ball? They're like, no, that's DeAndre Carter, you know, catching the ball, you know, number one. You know, it's and like they, the, they, they needed it. They found the they jersey in the it. closet and they just gave it to him. Uh, we you might know. get to see him a little more on offense maybe every now and Now with all the injuries and things like that, I mean, you just never know. Yeah. You never know when when, the, when your number gets called. And DeAndre Carter, I mean, his stock is way up, I think, right now. Not going to lie, DeAndre uh, Carter might have more receiving yards than De'Ami Brown right now. Uh, <laughs> I think he does. Oh, I think that's a given. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, a couple notes. I mean, the secondary – Still struggling at times. I mean, they made some good. I mean, there was some good secondary play at times in this game. 
Um, like there were a couple pass breakups and things like that where it was like like there was one like double pass breakup. I forget who the two guys were, but I mean uh, there were some str- solid plays, but then there were also some not so solid pay- plays, and especially when Cordero Patterson had the football. Um, bad, a couple bad touchdowns given up in this one, Mike, uh, by this team. Not just the secondary, but the defense as a whole. You had Cordero Patterson about 14 seconds left in the first half. The Falcons were able to march down the field. And then I believe it was Landon Collins was on the coverage, and it was a crossing route. And Landon Collins, Cordero Patterson was on the 10. Landon Collins was going to tackle him. Missed tackle. Two more guys he's able to get by. Touchdown. A, t- a bad touchdown to give up at the end of the half. And then you also had uh, the running back, Ryan. Uh, uh, or no, sorry, not, not Ryan. Mike sorry, Davis. Mike Davis. Mike the Mike Davis, Davis touchdown. Yep, yep. In the fourth quarter, four missed tackles on that play. I I, I just don't understand, Mike. They're the miss, the tackling is getting bad. I mean, two of the Falcons' touchdowns were wrapped up well before the end zone, and they escaped because guys just aren't finishing plays. They aren't finishing tackles. Uh, really bad to see. And then the other quick one was uh, Patterson, one of his three touchdowns was right over the head of Fuller. I mean, Fuller didn't yep. turn around, didn't locate the football, and uh, Patterson was able to just catch it right in front of full, full, right on top of Fuller's head, basically. So there were definitely still some defensive lapses in this one uh, that were a little rough to watch. Yeah, and I've been a Kendall Fuller backer ever since he was at Virginia Tech. Because like I told you before, even I said it last week, Virginia Tech is one of my favorite schools. Actually, it is my favorite college football to watch because uh, I'm a huge fan of them. But when he tore his ACL, that was a huge deal because he lost a little bit of a step because he actually is better than his brother Kyle, and that was you know all the way widespread. But I've said it multiple times. He is not, not, and I'm not trying to be rude. I th- feel like I'm being rude a lot today. Yeah, he, he is, They're not he, listening. <laughs> he, whatever. Uh, he is not a number one like shut down corner. He's not a Darrell yeah. Revis. He's not a Richard Sherman in Seattle. You know, he's not one of those type of guys that's going to go down there and lock that guy down. He is a very, very, very good number two. I'll put it at that. Sure. But at the same time, you can't have Corderell Patterson going out there and getting three touchdowns. And honestly, they're saying uh, Kendall Fuller's name way too many times, in my opinion. If you want to be that number one guy, you can't be having targets thrown at you left and right. That means they're picking on you, and that means they're actually getting some completions. Oh, yeah. So that's a big thing for me. But looking at the second as you mentioned, in team total defense, okay, team total defense, passing yards per game. Now, we always say it, you're going to get yards, you know, it's all about how you do in the red zone and how many points, uh, you know, are on the board or whatever. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, they have a reason why they're number one because no one can run on them. So everyone's passing, obviously. I mean, they only let in like 50 yards a game uh, on the ground. But yeah, it's insane. Washington is number four, number four. And that's after getting William Jackson, and that's also after everyone saying that Landon Collins has changed his whole entire mindset and all, all of his game up. Okay, that's not good enough. Okay, no. that's not good enough because yes, the rushing yards isn't isn't that well. I mean, isn't isn't that good as well? But you're looking at it and saying 299 yards, almost 300 300 yards per. I mean, and give me this. Okay, we did have Justin Herbert, who's going to be a Pro Bowler. Uh, we did have Josh Allen, who's going to be a Pro Bowler, and, right. Matt, and Matt Ryan, who uh, you know is I still think a top fifteen quarterback. Now it's not like we're playing these pushovers like some of these teams are, but Daniel Jones he just threw for four hundred yards, and Daniel Jones sucks. I don't care who you are, <laughs> Daniel Jones sucks. I don't care if he threw for four hundred right. yards or not. But that's the biggest thing is 
that's a front four, front seven issue about getting pressure because you can't let these guys go out there and throw 300 yards a game because you're not going to win. Okay, that's yeah. the biggest thing is you can let up all the yards you want, but it's all about the scoreboard. And right now we let in 43, 30, 29, and and 20. So it's a lot like, of overs, a lot of overs. A lot of, a lot of overs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like that's, yeah. that's just the biggest thing, man, is that the secondary, like you mentioned, is just not good enough right now, and there's got to be some type of fix that Del Rio has because when we have the Chiefs in town and when we travel to Lambeau, those oh might be 400-yard games by yeah, Mahomes. I would and, take and, the and overs on all Rogers. of those games, that's for sure, uh, coming up. Yeah, and then you know you mentioned the pressure. I think Sweat was the only one that got a sack in yep, this one. yep. Um, which was a good, uh, you know, it, it was it was on a crucial play. It was a big sack, but uh, again, this defense, this front four, is really not. I mean, they're playing. I'm not look. I'm not saying they're playing bad because we talked about it last week. John Allen's been really good. No, another great I mean, Montez, game. Montez Sweat, obviously getting the sack. He had a good game. Um, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm picking on him, but I'm still disappointed by Chase Young right now, Mike. Now still zero sacks still. Now we're through four games. So now we're in the old 16-game uh, season, we'd be a quarter of the way through. Obviously, now with 17 games, he's going to get an extra game, but no sacks. And then to throw it, he just seems a little off. I don't know. I know he's getting some pressure here and there, and I know he's getting double teamed or they're throwing their best guy on him because he's Chase Young and he's just a beast. But you still, you, this is the NFL. you got to find a way to make your mark uh, because you're just not showing up on the stat sheet. And then the one time where he almost did show up on the stat sheet was that weird play with Ryan where Chase Young has an open shot at Matt Ryan, and instead of just going low and taking him down, and now look, I know some of these guys are nervous about hit, hitting the quarterback because they're going to get flagged like every single time. But to then, instead of, I'd rather have a guy go low, knock him down, and then get called. Instead of, he went high. He went up towards his helmet. Yeah. And it was so strange. It was like, what are you doing? It was like, he didn't even tackle him. He, like, shoves him and his helmet. Matt Ryan's knee goes down and touches the turf. And then there's a roughing the passer call. No idea why he didn't just try to wrap him up or, or, or get him down some other way. It was like, you're Chase Young, man. You're out there to sack the quarterback. You got to the quarterback, and you did a weird push up high around the neck area, and then you got flagged. It's like... Something is going on with that guy. He is just not performing where we thought he would be this season. Yeah, and Chase Young, in that play, I will come to his defense because, in my opinion, from what I looked at that play uh, many times on replay and then on Twitter and stuff like that, I think that he honestly thought that Matt Ryan was going to throw the ball. So instead of trying to tackle him, which would have been kind of useless, I think he was either trying to block it or kind of knock it out or something like that. Now, Again, you can you know interpret it however you want, but when sure, you're when you're looking sure. at the play, it just didn't. I mean, because Chase Young is a football player, he's gonna tackle the guy. But I think that Matt you Ryan, hope. yeah, you'd hope, uh, <laughs> but Matt Ryan was there and he was trying. He was desperation. It was like fourth and twelve or whatever it was, yeah. and he was trying to throw downfield. You see, I mean, Matt Ryan is kind of like uh, you know Drew Brees, where he's, he doesn't run a lot or someone like that. Tom Brady, they don't run a lot, so when they scramble, it's like it's foreign nature to him, so they kind of freak out a little bit and then they see Chase Young the predator coming at him I mean right you think that Chase Young would have sat there and tackled him if he was trying to elude him but I think that honestly he thought that he was going to throw it so he was trying to either knock the ball free or do something crazy like that um, because that was a huge game changer because instead of getting a sack or a turnover on downs which by the way not, not to mention I think it was Bobby McCain why are you catching that interception dude 
Like, you, you, yeah. if that still count as interception, you're giving them, like, 30 yards. Like, he's sitting there, and I know he wants a stat or he wants an interception. <laughs> I don't know if it's his first year or what it is. I've never heard this guy in my life. But he's sitting there, and the ball is coming down. Everyone's just staring at him, like, are you going to catch this, really? But at the same time, like, you got to be in the moment. But at the same time, that led to the Mike Davis touchdown. And that's the problem is yeah. Mike Davis on that situation, that shouldn't have been a touchdown either because John Bostic had him for a two-yard loss, and he ended up getting a 12-yard touchdown. So it I just think so bad. It, it was just a bad situation. And obviously, I just think that Chase Young, like, like you mentioned, has – I don't know if it's, a, if it's a mindset issue or he's just – you know, getting too frustrated uh, that, like you said, I mean, he had so many sacks at Ohio State, and then last year, you know, no one was really throwing, you know, different, you know, blocking schemes and stuff like that at him because he's a rookie. Uh, but at the same time, Montez Sweat is getting an okay amount of sacks. John Allen is just teeing off on guys, and Deron Payne's just Deron Payne. But at the same time, Chase Young needs to do something. I think he's just frustrated right now because obviously the DC media. DC fan base, not happy with him because he got picked second. Uh, but at the same time, you have to go out there and you have to perform. And I'm not going right. to – you know, if he goes out there and gets – say he gets five sacks, every guy has has a bad year, okay? And everyone's always like, oh, he's in a sophomore slump now. Like, okay, sweet. They, they, they call it a sophomore slump for a reason, okay? If he has one, he has one. I'm not going to give up on the guy until maybe you're sure. – if, oh, yeah. if he goes oh, out there and gets three sacks this year somehow, the next year he goes out there and gets, you know – you know, three again or something. Okay, then it might be a little worrisome. But if he, oh, if, for sure, it's we we're not giving up on him. Yeah, at this point. No, I'm not no, saying I'm you with, are I'm either. I'm just saying that I think that because I'm looking at Twitter, I'm looking at uh, you know ESPN and all these different networks and all that kind of stuff, and everyone's saying this stuff right. like, "What's happening with Chase Young?" You know, it's like there's I'm, a lot of tweets about man, if we had taken Justin Herbert instead of Chase Young in that yeah. draft, right? You could say that uh, with Lamar Jackson. You could say that with anybody. I, I mean, that's, I, that's, that's I, the best. I hate those. I yeah. hate those. Tom Brady I'm was picked you. in the sixth round. Like sweet, yeah. Who cares? That was back in like the eighties. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Where he has got, he has got plenty of time to make an impact on this uh, season and to get his stats. It's four games. We're just right. through four games, um, but we got to look at the sample size that we have, and we got to look at the trends that we have. And no sacks for Chase Young is troubling. He's averaging zero troubling. sacks for the year. So yeah, it's not. He's averaging as many as you or not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, last note here, I mean, a couple key injuries right now, and yeah. Sheriff and Logan Thomas. I mean, those are big uh, guys to be, uh, literally big guys, but, uh, you know, spots to lose there. And now we hear that Reyes uh, is likely going to be given the start at tight end on Sunday uh, with Logan Thomas being out. Um, I don't know the latest on Sheriff, Um I just know. I just. I mean, I know he's hurt. I just don't know. Sprained MCL. Uh, sprained MCL. Oh, Two geez. to three weeks. Okay. All and right. Hamstring is, uh, <laughs> and then Logan Thomas is a hamstring week to week. Uh, John Bostic, uh, potentially serious pec injury. Uh, Cam Sims hamstring soreness. Okay, so I don't know, man. It's football. It's tough. Next man up. That's kind of the attitude you have to have. But it still sucks to lose. I mean. Uh, Logan Thomas obviously has been through the first three weeks until he got hurt here in week four, like has been a great offensive weapon besides Terry McLaurin. He, he has been there for big plays, uh, throughout. So now Reyes gets a chance. They like him. He's a blocking tight end too. They like that aspect maybe the run game gets going a bit. Antonio Gibson had a pretty good game. I mean, I, I, I know we haven't talked about him, but, um, the run game wasn't terrible. It was what about a hundred yards or something like that. Um, 
you know, a, bit, a lot of 40 of that was from uh, the quarterback, Heineke. But still, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how Reyes does, Mike. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing when you're going back to the injuries real fast. Brandon Sheriff, uh, MCL sprain, he's out, to, out two to three weeks. John Bostic, they're saying he might miss the remainder of the season, which is a huge oh, that deal. Would be so brutal. Now, he did yeah. have, uh, and I, I don't know if it was on the play with Mike Davis or not. Mike Davis is a big boy. Uh, yeah. So it, it yeah. could have been that situation. Um, but that is a huge miss because Jamin Davis hasn't really shown us that he can be that, that middle linebacker of the future. Um, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, Tory McTire, uh, whoever the hell that is, um, Torres ACL, uh, so he will be out for the rest of the season. I saw his name a couple times. McTire's in the secondary, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in the secondary, but, who, yeah. I mean, whoever that is. I mean, I, I, I again, McTire and Bobby McCain, like, I never heard of these guys <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah. I didn't even know they were on the team. Uh, but like you said, Logan, <laughs> Logan Thomas is considered week to week. That's what the uh, uh, Adam Schefter is reporting. So with the hamstring injury, Oof. I mean, if he goes out with a hamstring injury now, it could have been like a – a slight sprain or or a slight pull or whatever, uh, whatever it is for the hamstring. Uh, but when he's gone out in the first, what was it, the end of the first quarter or something like that, and out for the rest of the game, that seems like either you're trying to be precautionary and you think you're going to win without him, or at the same time, I don't know if it's a week-to-week thing. I think it's more of like a maybe a month thing or something like that. But right. I don't know what it is because hamstrings, you know, you saw uh, – tricky. I, I mean, yeah. you saw Deshaun Jackson, how many times he's got his hamstring pulled left and right. So, I don't yeah, know. Once, it's one of those injuries that can come back at any time throughout the year. So, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Quick look at the NFC East as a whole. You have the Giants beating the Saints. The Saints is, are just a wild team. They'll win a huge game and lose the next. This was an overtime win. Uh, so, the Giants were able to get their first win. They were down. Uh, 21-10 with 12 minutes left, and they win in overtime. Uh, as you mentioned, Danny Dimes, 402 yards. Unbelievable. And Galladay <laughs> and Tony had a great, great games. Uh, Mike, Mike's note about the Saints, they are frauds. They're frauds. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, I know. Uh, Cowboys beat the Panthers. Cowboys improved to 3-1. and one. Zeke, uh, another strong game from him. A lot of rushing yards for this team. Uh, Dak had a good game as well. Yeah. I had him for fantasy. It was a bounce-back week for Dak. And then the Eagles lost Kansas City. This was a game you kind of figured they'd lose. I thought they would at least cover. They didn't. I think the line was about 7.5 or 8.5. They lost by 12. Um, but they were in this game for a while. Uh, but I think Mahomes and the Chiefs are... Though they have struggled at times this year, they're still the Chiefs, and they still have the weapons that they have. I mean, five right. TDs from Mahomes, three from Tyreek Hill. Jalen Hurts, another solid game from him. Who's This is kind of who he has been this year. I mean, a 350-yard type guy, a couple touchdowns here and there, able to run the ball for around 40, 50 yards. I mean, Hurts has been solid, and I, I'm excited for when the Washington football team plays the Eagles. I think that will be a big one. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing, though, is when you see Hurts and his legs, Daniel Dimes had – I called him Daniel <laughs> Daniel Dimes. Daniel Dimes. That's his formal name. <laughs> that's, his, yeah, that's, that's his real name, his birth certificate. Uh, right. Yeah, he actually had you know 90 yards. Yeah, he had a couple big ones, but you right. know, Jalen Hurts a little bit faster than Danny Dimes, I think. I mean, obviously, Danny Dimes – has some uh, you know uh, some speed, some top end speed, but uh, some elusiveness. Yeah, elusiveness. Jalen Hurts, I, I think that you know he's just been consistent with his legs. But I mean, the Eagles haven't been that bad. I mean, they no. I mean, thirty points. I mean, I think honestly, it has to deal with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is has been money for them uh, when he's yeah. on the field, and Devontae Smith has been a stud, just like he was in college. So we'll have to see what happens with them. That's the whole entire thing. I think the Cowboys right now have moved themselves into the favorites for the NFC East, but yeah. The Eagles can play spoilers, I think. 
I think the Eagles are definitely in the mix. Uh, in college football here locally, UVA barely beats Miami. A, a bad Miami team, uh, but UVA not so great themselves, but they got the win, 30-28. That's all that matters. JMU uh, beating New Hampshire by two, a close one there, 23-21. Liberty uh, able to take care of UAB, 36-12. And Maryland, uh, the big, the biggest game of the year pretty much for Maryland fans and they were gone by the second quarter, uh, the fans <laughs> in the stands, because at least the student section was, because 51-14, I'm not staying around for that. I head on down to Lido's Pizza there in College Park and just eat my sorrows away if I'm Jeez a Maryland Louise. fan there. Uh, the, yeah, uh, Maryland was definitely exposed as a uh, pretender, I think, in that one. Right. They are not a contender, that's for sure. Um, I mean, great season so far for them, but no, they are not uh, top, top. Anything. Uh, <laughs> 30, 40 teams in the college football. Uh, what's ahead here? I mean, not a whole lot. There's Washington football team, of course, playing on Sunday against the Saints. That's an interesting game for those sports betters out there right now. Uh, Saints are favored, or is that yep. the uh, – yep. yeah, Saints are favored. Saints favored by a point right now is the early line. So we'll, we'll see there because, like Mike says, the Saints are frauds. Oh, uh, it's a must win. Must win. 2-2 two, 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 two win. Every game's a must win at this <laughs> yeah, point. Apparently. Uh, UVA going against an interesting Louisville team. That should be a pretty fun one. Uh, Maryland about to get their butts kicked uh, at the Horseshoe there in Ohio State. Oh, boy. Uh, Liberty playing Middle Tennessee. And then Virginia Tech, Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame just lost this past week. Virginia Tech looking to kind of, again, keep their season going. This could be, if I'm a sport bet, betting man, I'd be interested to see the line on this because I, I think maybe Tech could possibly cover in this I'll one. check it out for you. Yeah, you let me know. <laughs> uh, but let's get into the final lap here. A chance to give some analysis on big stories in sports outside of the D.C. area. Here we go. Yankees and Red Sox, as we mentioned earlier, set up for wild card after a wild day of MLB baseball. Who is your World Series pick right now, Mike, if you had to make a decision right now? Uh, I Honestly, I I, I kind of like the Padres. Oh, the Padres made it, They're right? They're not in it. Uh, damn it! <laughs> no, they didn't make it. No. I'll get the back Cardinals won. The Cardinals won like 18 in a row and took the second wild card, so it's Dodgers Dodgers and uh, Cardinals ended up getting Honestly, wild. yeah, Padres. I'm, I'm so out. I'm so out of baseball. I know. The I know. Have lost it's every so tough. Game. No, no, I'm with you. All right, well, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thanks. The Jets win their first game of the season, an overtime win over the freaking Titans, Mike. Hey, I love it because a lot of people pick the Titans in my survivor pool. Bye bye. Yeah, that was. If you're a Titans fan, you should be embarrassed. You should be pissed. Uh, <laughs> Clemson. Out of the AP Top 25 for the first time since 2014 is the Dabo era over, Mike. I don't think that the, the Dabo – sorry, I'm trying to say that. The Dabo era is uh, – I don't think it's over. I just think that ukulele guy is not that good. Trevor Lawrence was their whole yeah. entire team. You know who's uh, not over? Urban Meyer still <laughs> grinding on the college co-eds, my friend. <laughs> He's not over. You saw that one. Oh, I did. Uh, floating around. Oh, yeah, everybody did. Everyone that, did. You don't wear the pink zip-up if you don't want the videos. Uh, Stanford beats Oregon. Huge, huge win. Cincy beats Notre Dame. Kentucky beats Florida. 
a wild weekend in college football. I mean, for the top 25, it was a massacre for a lot of those teams, Mike. It was, uh, and I'm sure for the sports betting world, uh, this was a mess. Yes, <laughs> I uh, I did, like I said, I, I lost a lot of money this weekend because of the sole fact that people didn't cover, there was upsets left and right. It all started with that damn Maryland game where I had uh, <laughs> I had Iowa. and I, I had, was on Friday, so it started off your weekend yep. uh, in sports betting I had world. Iowa and the under. And then I had Maryland and the over. <laughs> I had two different parlays, yeah. and they both lost. Uh, not good. Not good. Yeah, it just shows you college football this year, besides Alabama and Georgia, anybody can win or lose week to week. Right. I mean, besides those two who are probably going to be in the competing for the national championship, I, I don't know anybody who could beat either of those teams. I mean, I was high on Arkansas, and Georgia just destroyed them. Right. I was high on Ole Miss. Alabama handed it to them, too. It's Alabama, Georgia. I mean, those are those are the two best teams in college football. Uh, we saw Oregon lose, so I mean, Ohio State's obviously had their struggles. I don't know who the the number three, number four teams are in the country at this point, like talent wise. I know in the rankings where guys are, but yeah. I mean, anybody can win or lose on uh, week to week. That's why college football's so fun. That's why we watch. Two it. things, real quick. So yeah. uh, first of all, I will go with the White Sox. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> like, like I said, pick. like I said, it, it's just it's so funny. This because is a DC focus show and the Nats have been out of the playoff hunt for three months yeah, that's what so I'm saying is that I've literally watched so much football college football different things of that nature and I've been a little bit on baseball not a lot but that's the problem is that they like you said they've been out for so long that I've like yeah. I, I've kept in touch with it but I'm just like eh, whatever uh, well you'd just, be surprised that the Padres who had position in the wild card for a lot of this year no they kind of fell apart man they yeah. uh, they just weren't able See to get See how out of touch I am with Huge that? disappointment. <laughs> I'm so out Chase of touch Tingler with that. fired. Their manager's fired. He's out. Oh, wow. Um, oh, by the way. This team should have made the playoffs. The line right now for Tech Notre Dame is one. So Tech is only underdogs by one. They're one oh, I'm, dog. Not bet, I'm not betting that one. I, well, I, I honestly, I probably bet on Notre Dame. You know, yeah, it, I was it, about to say, if I'm betting that game, I'm betting Notre Dame. If, if, if Tech wins, I mean, Tech obviously, I believe it's in uh, Blacksburg. It's a night game. So if Tech Ooh. wins that, I'll be excited for it, and, and I'll just hedge my bet. Emotional hedge. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's good. That's the, the, I learned that a long time ago is I don't bet. I always bet the opposite of the teams that I like. So like if if the Lions are playing, I'm I'm definitely betting the other way. Right. Um. But yeah, that's wow. Only one. That's kind of wild. Yep. In I would definitely the money. I mean, it's not one of my picks, but I'd say Notre Dame would be a good one oh, to yeah. take there. Easy. Uh. Especially only favor one point. It is time to get into America's favorite segment here. It is Mike's DC sports trivia question. That, that took a little while to get out. Yeah, um, I was. I was like, which way am I going with this? Okay. <laughs> All, All right, right, here we go. Here play we along go. at home, people. Yeah, play along at home. All right, here we go. So, I wanted to switch it up, and I tried to find a different question than just the WFT. So, okay, thank here's God. a <laughs> thank God. Here's a Nats question for you. You might get this. It might be pretty easy. Okay. Might be automatic. In 2012, what Nationals player? I'm not going to give the position because I'm here. It gives the position. In 2012, what Nationals player hit a home run in each game of four, of a four? Hold on, let me read it again. Read it again. I'm trying to alter it. All right. In 2012, what Nationals player hit a home run in each game of a four-game series against the Cubs? That doesn't sound right because that's what it's written, but it doesn't sound right. So I'll say it one more time for you. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. In 2012, what Nationals player hit a home run in each game of a four-game series against the Cubs. I think it says 
in in a four game in the four game series against the Cubs. I don't know. You get it. In each game, each game. So I guess that's four homers. I guess. So, I remember. I remember with the Nats and the Cubs play, and I don't know if this was the year that it happened, where, where, uh, where they walked Harper like almost every at bat. I feel like. Was that, and that, I that wonder, seems like it's too early, because that was only Harper's like second year. Yeah, but still, I think now maybe the walking happened later. But Harper was definitely up by twelve, um, by two thousand twelve. Yeah, he right? was. But, he was. I thought that was two. So I think, was, I think that might have been twenty fifteen or something. He gets start getting walked. Right, that might that might have been it. The couple guys that are sticking out to me right now from back then, I got three kind of names on my list. Nice, nice. Jason Worth is definitely on the list as a possible kind of like guy just teeing off during a series. Bryce Harper, heck, is is on the list for me, and then Ryan Zimmerman would be on the list for me as well. Um, I totally botched this question, but I think it's written wrong. I think it's written weird. So uh, let me let me let me try to say the question back to you and see if I'm right. Okay, cool. So you're saying which player on the Nats? So there was a four-game series against the Cubs. Yeah. Against the Cubs. <laughs> like this. A Nats player hit a home run in every one of those games. The I, same guy I'm, hit, hit I'm four home runs, that, yeah. basically. I, I think that's so, what it's saying. Yeah, okay. So, I like I said, those are the three guys I'm leaning towards. My question for you, then, is going to be, is this player an outfielder? No. Okay, that's good. So that eliminates Harper and Worth. All right, I'll take that. Now, could this be like 2012? Was this the Adam LaRoche era with LaRoche at first base? I mean, there's always the Z Man. I mean, and with Trey Turner, I don't, I don't know. I think Trey Turner, would, that might have been too early for Trey. This is a great, uh, great question. Man, it's actually a better question than, than I thought. I don't think it's like an Ian Desmond. All right, I'm going to give you an answer. I will just go. I'll go with my gut. My gut just says, for some reason, I mean, the guy's about to retire. I'm going to go with Ryan Zimmerman here. Ryan Zimmerman, the Z-Man. That's incorrect. Uh, Dude, you said it, and I, 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 I was like this. I was like, please. I was like, man. Was he, it Adam LaRoche? It was Mr. LaRoche. Oh, man. Because on here. I knew it. He was in my head. Yeah, because it says in 2012, what Nationals first baseman. And I didn't want to say. Oh, but you didn't say. Okay. I didn't want to say first baseman. because No, I, that would have been too, way too easy. <laughs> that would have been easy. Oh, man. Yeah. I LaRoche was on my mind as a, as a candidate. I just couldn't pull the trigger on him. I went with my heart and and uh, and the Z man, but because Zimmerman wasn't, right, wasn't, was wasn't, wasn't Zimmerman playing third still at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think Zimmerman was still at third. Um, yeah, Laroche at first, and then uh, I don't know who was at second back then. That was um, Espinosa. Right. That was Danny Espinosa. Oh, Espinosa days. So and was it Desmond at that yep, short then? De- at that Desmond, Worth, Span, and okay. uh, and Harp. Right, right. And then right, Wilson right. Ramos with his with his great uh, hamstring. Heck of a team back in the day. <laughs> Heck of a team. Heck of a team. Uh, let's get into the money line here, sponsored by DraftKings. Mike out to a nice lead here through six picks. Four, four and, and two. Last two weeks, four and zero. Yeah, after starting out zero and two, Mike is on fire. I had a, uh, I think what a one and one week or yep, something like one that. One and one. Yeah, so two and four on the on the uh, this season two of the DraftKings money line. So uh, Mike's up a couple games here. I need some dubs this week. My lock, Coastal Carolina, I believe top ten team in the country now, or maybe they're top fifteen. I forget. Uh, I'll look Sixteen it. <laughs> and a half versus Arkansas State on Thursday. 
I like Coastal in this one here. I like. I know 16 and a half. It's a pretty big line, but apparently big lines don't matter because there was 49 or whatever in that other <laughs> game, and and then the other team didn't cover. So I'm taking Coastal in this one. And Arkansas State, I guess, is probably bad. Um, <laughs> I can't say I've watched many of them. I've watched some Arkansas football, but not Arkansas State. My dog. I told you earlier, I like picking against my my teams, and I'm going to have to go Rutgers here. Uh, They're a dog, five-point dog against Michigan State on Saturday. Rutgers are better than people may think, actually. Uh, They've got a couple wins on the year. They're always kind of a tough team to play, at least the past couple years. Um, And Michigan State, while they've had another great win, but it was against Western Kentucky, you saw in in the Nebraska game that they barely won there's still some holes to this team. They may be undefeated. They may have a couple big wins on their resume, like Northwestern and things like that. Right. But I'm just telling you, as a fan of the team, I think Rutgers could could cover here five points. I, I, I could see this being a, a three-point difference in this one, a field goal winning it for Michigan State or something like that. Um, so I'm going to take the Rutgers and, and the five points there. Yeah, and that's the thing is you've bet on Michigan State now. It's your third straight week, and Michigan State's one and one for you. Uh, they yeah. did cover last week uh, because they also screwed my bet over because they scored like 50 points in the first half. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, that was uh, – <laughs> it's funny I'm picking against – um, I'm not really picking against Michigan State, uh, but I'm picking Rutgers to cover right. um, a week after Michigan State just went bananas on offense. But it was Western Kentucky. I mean, come on. Still pissed me off because I was like, I'm going to bet the under in this game. It was like 68 and a half, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, come on. Nuts. I was like, Michigan State, usually for the most like part. like 40 points in the first half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I was at yeah. a bar, and I was I was just, just, just thrilled. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, my lock is going to be Toledo covering the okay. 12 and a half over Northern Illinois. Uh, they're at home. And uh, I believe they're the Rockets, the Toledo Rockets. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. They're but pretty good. Uh, well, the problem is, is that uh, the reason I went for this game is that Northern Illinois just pissed me off because Georgia Tech, besides this past week, Georgia Tech was winning like big games and they were, you know, keeping like these good teams close and all that stuff. But at the opening game of the season, they lost to Northern Illinois as a 19-point favorite. So now I just mm. hate Northern Illinois because that <laughs> screwed over my college survivor pool. Um, right. that I'm in. And I think I'm one of the only ones with only one conference left. But anyways, uh, I'm going to go with Toledo, and I'm going to be their biggest fan. I'm going to say, go Rockets, go, uh, and uh, blast off to uh, cover that 12 and a half. Uh, my dogs are the Detroit Lions uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Minnesota Vikings, you know what? I don't like betting on the Vikings uh, with Kirk Cousins because they have those games where they go out there and they somehow, some way, <laughs> score like 47 points and right. uh, and pull off like a miraculous t- uh team game overall uh just like the cardinals did yesterday and the detroit lions should have won yesterday i oh, bet yeah. on them I'm well aware i bet on them in one one uh parlay so they still screwed that over but at the same Four time- times in within 10 yards yep. of the end zone in bears territory without points yeah and that's the problem is that i literally i put <laughs> i bet them in all my pickums everything and obviously right now if they would have won yesterday like they should have i would have yeah. been a lock to win my pickums both my pickums uh tonight yeah, they but now i'm in a tie points on the board unbelievable uh, it was bad but it was bad an eight point spread seems like a lot now i think it's yeah. inflated because they lost to the Bears, who are not that good either. Uh, right. But I just think that eight points, I think that Goff can come out there and kind of get a few garbage touchdowns maybe, or Minnesota somehow you know, lays an egg. Who knows? But Minnesota – You never know. Minnesota's never one of those on teams that's kind of up and down. Right. I mean, they had they had a bad 
first couple weeks. I mean, they were winless. Uh, I mean, they just got their first win, what, this week or whatever? Or the other week? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's not a bad, that's not a bad uh, pick there at all. I think the Lions are, I think the Lions are better than their record. I know they're winless, but I actually the Lions have been in some of these games. I mean, obviously, the Ra- the Ravens game, they should have won. They lost that one. This right. Bears game, they should have won. The Lions could have two wins on the year right now that they don't have. Instead, 0-17, baby. That's what we're shooting and, for. And Minnesota only scored seven points. Yes, the Cleveland Browns yeah. have a pretty decent defense, but seven points, and you know, we'll see what happens because Detroit's at home, baby. Go Ford Field. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I fear the roar Built there. Ford tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Built for tough. Uh, we will be back next week uh, talking about the Washington football team and the Saints game. We'll be previewing the start of the NHL season. It's crazy that it's back uh, next week. It all starts, I think, next Tuesday. I think all the games start, uh, or, or maybe it starts earlier than Tuesday, but I think. I don't. I think it starts Tuesday, but I know the Red Wings play Thursday. I don't know when the Caps play, but we'll be talking about it regardless. We'll get into some of that, and then we'll also do some Nats uh, season review. So we're in the thick of it here, DC sports wise. We got a lot to talk about, um, which is great. That's why we do this show. Right. <laughs> and then we also encourage you to check out um, the uh, Erica McCall show, show, Bird's Eye View. You can catch that uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, that way, that's just a show that Mike and I produce and, and uh, we're involved with. So if you want to hear some WNBA international stories, this past uh, this episode that's dropping tomorrow is, is, is a really solid one. Uh, Dewana Bonner, um, the sister of Erica McCall, who has a two-time WNBA champion, is on the show. So that's a, that's a fun one and is actually competing in the playoffs right now for the Connecticut Sun. So... Uh, besides that, follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Uh, follow the show on the app, The Contender, Contender with a K. Any final thoughts before we sign off here, Mike? Not a lot of thoughts. Just hopefully uh, kids can hold it until they get to the bathroom. <laughs> that is a great thought. <laughs> that is a great thought. It says uh, on my screen, it says your internet connection is is not stable. So maybe the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff, they're coming for us here. Uh, well, <laughs> we hope you survive out there in the internet world, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.